Sometimes you're a little tensed up or you feel like you're not saying nothing. But let me tell you, just you're in the house of God. Amen. It's like where you go to church. Uh, the same Lord that's with y'all, he's with us here today. So you're at home, and so you just feel free to do whatever uh, God would allow you to do. Uh, let me announce this. Uh, Brother Bobby Goss called me this morning, and uh, uh, he's got a little blood in his urine this morning, so they're carrying him to the mercy room. Hopefully it's just a, I don't say just a kidney stone, but I've had one, but uh, uh, we're hoping it's a kidney stone and not anything more serious than that. But uh, please pray for him. He's been a big help to this service, uh, to, the, to this revival, and, uh, and, and we know he wants to be here. He was really upset because he couldn't be here, but uh, you pray that uh, when he gets to the mercy room, they'll get him straightened out. Also, Sister Kathy, I talked to her this morning some of you may not know, but she had some stroke-like symptoms yesterday, and uh, and uh, she, her grandson carried her to the emergency room, but it's ended up being a, uh, the doctor said, a peach nerve in her neck, which is causing, he, he called the name of it, and I can't remember it, but uh, they did send her home, and, um, but she told me, she said, Brother Steve, truly I think that the stress I'm under is causing a lot of this, and I can I can uh, understand that uh, Brother Don's been in the hospital for a good while now and in rehab. So 
please pray for her. I assured her that we would do anything we could do to help her out. And, um, and her grandsons are helping her, and she said that there's uh, nothing we really can do but pray. But uh, please pray for uh, Sister Cassie. Some of you might try to call her after the service today. She is. She was even talking to me yesterday on the phone while she was hooked up uh, to all kind of <laughs> instruments. So uh, I told her, I said, I didn't mean to call you while you were in the middle, but she talked. And, uh, but please pray for her. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of sickness, a lot of things going on. But God's still on the throne. Amen. Amen. I'm sure glad of that. And uh, uh, before we go any further, uh, we're going to ask you, brother, if you will, to take us to the Lord and pray. Almighty, no, I said before. Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace, abundant mercies. Lord, all you the good things you do for us each day. Thank you for allowing us to come this way safely. And Lord, to meet with these people as they have revival. And thank you, Lord, for places that still have daytime revival services. What sweet memories. What good times we can remember seeing people safe and rejoicing for the good things that you've done for us. And Lord, I pray today that we'll remember now, Lord, what you have done for us, and rejoice in that, for that's all we have to rejoice in. And Father, I thank you for uh, your love and your grace. And I pray you'd touch the lost and dying world. Lord, I know you're still on the throne. Yes. You're still God in control. You still have the power to do all things. And Lord, there's many on our heart, and there's been many requests made here this morning. Would you touch each one? And Lord, I pray especially for that family that's I've uh, got a beer there. Love one. Yes, God. Passed away uh, just a day or two ago. You know all about it, all their needs, what uh, struggles they have. God, would you help them? And follow them. It's not right with you, God, that your children, would you touch them? Would you stir their hearts and draw them back to you? God, that they'd come uh, to help the church and do your will. Father, I pray you take this service. Bless us. Uh, the good. A moderator, Brother Steve, and take Brother Dustin and hide him behind the cross yes, and use him today to be your will. Bless the song service and all that's ever done. God, may it be done according to thy purpose. And God, I pray you forgive us for fail. Forgive me for I fail. Help me to draw close to you and walk in thy life. In Jesus' sweet and loving name, amen. 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 Thank you, Brother, for that prayer. Let's change this on. Let's change uh, 340. Uh, Look at page 344. Grace greater than our sin. Then we're going to flip back to 343 to see amazing grace. I thank God for His grace and His mercy on me each and every day.
Just a closer walk to this. 
Does anybody have word testimony about this? Brother Philip, will you say something? God bless you. Well, <clears throat> oh, it's not the best in the world. I'm sure I'm glad to be here. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Always glad to get to go to the Lord's house. Yes. Uh, done matter for revival, regular service. I like like to go, especially daytime revival. I grew up on this, and <clears throat> some of the best times of my life. I remember being in day, day meetings in revival growing up, and then. So got to be young preacher. All the good times we had. Seemed like seen a lot of people saved in the day, day service. And uh, I love this way. I, I love you people. I love Brother Dustin. He means a lot to me. Sure. And uh, I'll try to sing this. I haven't sang it in a while. You pray for it. <clears throat> What you see before you, I've not always been. I once was so broken and battered by sin. This story that I tell you is such a marvelous thing. How love. A beggar and a king. I'll treat it for riches, the rags of my souls. I gave him the pieces, and he made me whole. I brought to him nothing, and he
and to search for an answer in his temple. He hides me in his shelter when there is trouble. He keeps me hidden in his tent. He sets me on a high rock. Now my head will be raised above my enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy in his tent. I will sing and make music to praise the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Have pity on me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, O Lord, I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not angrily turn me away. You have been my help. Do not leave me. Do not abandon me, O God, my Savior. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path, because I have enemies who spy on me. Do not surrender me to the will of my opponents. False witnesses have risen up against me. They breathe out violence. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord. In this world of the living, wait with hope for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Yes, wait with hope on the Lord. No matter what trials or anything I've been through, the goodness of God has always been right there with me. So let me get a sip of water in my mouth and be some God. Bless your heart, don't listen to the voice. Just listen to the song. And listen to her. Don't listen to mine. Can you see it?
had to have been one of the last people alive that had actually seen the Lord Jesus with his physical eyes. Not many of those left. And that's what we see this first and second verse here. He's telling us that we, we've seen him, we've touched him, he was real. And one of the, the great heresies was coming early on to the church at this point, it was already there, was that Christ was not God in the flesh, that Christ was simply a man who was a teacher. But John elevates him above that, and, and he goes beyond that humanity, and he gives us something that's, and I will say it's unique to Christianity, that it is the concept of joy, that we have a living Savior, and that we have a joy deep down inside of us that you will not find in the world. And, I, and He says he has two purposes for writing this, that they may have fellowship with Christ, and that their joy may be full. And I want to preach out of this thought about how to have full joy. And uh, we'll look at the first verse and we'll read down through about the 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show we unto you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye may also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And the fourth verse is these things write I unto you that your joy may be full, that we may have a joyful Christian life. And let's step back just a minute. Let's talk about joy. Joy is one of the grand marks of Christianity. You, you present it. It is presented, Christianity is in the world today, with two different diametrically opposing views, and they're wrong. One of them is a grim, solemn religion with rules and regulations without any feeling. The other one is this goofy, funny, carrying on business that has no seriousness to it at all. And all is wonderful and all is good. And the truth is, it's, that's, they're, they're not either. It's somewhere in the center. That Christianity is solemn and serious, but Christianity is also joyful and happy. That we, as the children of God, have something on the inside of us that finds contentment, finds peace, and finds happiness. This is not humor. Let me say that. Humor is situational. Humor depends upon what is on the outside of the moment. Humor is fleeting. But joy has no dependency whatsoever on what's going on around us. Joy comes from within and what we possess and what we are. That's part of the reason Jesus told the woman at the well that I will put in them a fountain springing up unto life eternal. There's something on the inside of me that brings joy and contentment that the world and what's on the outside cannot touch and cannot affect. The joy of a Christian surpasses what's going on around us. Now there are ways though that we can lose our joy. 
That's what Paul, that's what John is speaking of here. If we are not careful, and one of the greatest dangers of our lives is that we may lose the joy as a child of God. And then Christianity becomes this dry, beautiless, hateful, mean religion. Hey, listen to me. And y'all know this. Christianity is one of the most harmful things in the world. If it is done the wrong way, Brother Philip, it's ugly, it's hateful, and it's harmful. But if we do it with love and joy down in our heart, it's the grandest thing we've ever seen. The greatest story ever told, Brother Philip, is found in this Bible. The story of a Savior who left heaven to come to earth and die for us. And we have joy in our souls because of what He's done and what He is. And this is what John tells us. That your joy may be full. But he says that ye may have fellowship with us and fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. If you want your joy to be full, you must walk with Jesus. Amen. Your walk with Christ must be there. We, sometimes we forget that we have nothing apart from Him. That He is our very life. That's what Colossians says. That our life is hid with God in Christ. And apart from Christ, we have no joy whatsoever. So without Him, without Him, the joy ceases. And for my joy to be full, for my joy to be where it needs to be, my walk with Christ has got to be as close as humanly possible that I can make it. That your joy may be full. You need to walk closer with Jesus. He tells us that if we walk in darkness, if we say we have fellowship with Him, the sixth verse, if I say I'm walking hand in hand with Jesus and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I talked about darkness Sunday night, that one of its symbols is evil and wickedness. That's what it's probably partially speaking of here, that if I let sin in my life, that if I let these things of darkness come in and ruin my life and wreck my life and take over my thoughts and fill my heart, that will break the fellowship with Almighty God. We, and I'll talk about this in a minute. We do not lose our salvation. You and I understand that. This scripture has not got a single thing to do with your salvation. This scripture is talking about your fellowship. To understand the Bible correctly, you've got to look at its context and what he's talking about. And he told us, I'm talking about how you can have full joy, how you can have fellowship with Christ. Well, you do that by walking in the light and not in the darkness of sin and the desires of this world because those things will separate you and your walk from Christ. And you have no joy. And we don't fear that near enough. I really don't think we do. That think about for the moment that hand in hand with Jesus, walking with Him, that this flesh desires things that wants to break that relationship. That ought to scare us to death. That ought to terrify us. That we are poor. That we are in a constant danger. Uh, you may be better than I am, but I am in a constant danger of letting sin wreck that fellowship of Christ and losing my joy. Walk in the light. Now, darkness also, I mentioned this too, got a little bit to do with ignorance, doesn't it? We don't see much in the darkness. Oh, I want to have full joy, Brother Philip. But I'm not going to get in my Bible, and I'm not going to seek out the presence of God in my life. Those two things don't mix. I want to have full joy that I need to know all I can about Jesus. I need the darkness of ignorance 
to be removed. And let me see. Great Apostle Paul near the end of his life wrote in the book of Philippians. His prayer was that I may know him. Lord, let me know more about you today than I knew yesterday. Lord, let my life be a little brighter today than it was yesterday. That's the idea. That's the goal. That I may see him more every day. And that I may be more like him every day. And I may be closer in my walk to him every day. And that my joy may grow and be far and far every day. I quoted it the other night, I think. But Proverbs says the path of the just is as a shining light that groweth more and more unto perfect day. Yes, one day I'll see him as he is. But I can know more about him now today than I did yesterday. That our joy may be full. We'll get our joy full when we get closer to Jesus and get closer walking with him and see him more clearly. Your joy is full as you rest in the blood of Christ. Seventh verse. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. There's no joy, there's no safety without security. Y'all may or may not have read about the hierarchy of needs some of us have in our psychology classes, that the very basic need of man, before he can ever progress, is security. Right. That works spiritually too. If I am constantly walking around scared to death, not of my fellowship, I ought to be, but of my salvation, then I'm never going to have joy in my life. You can't be scared to death of losing your salvation and have joy in your life. Resting in the blood of Jesus. You can't constantly be saying, I've got to do this, this, and this, or God's going to kick me out because I'm going to love me. You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference in being careful of sin, having fellowship. And then there's a difference in resting in the blood of Christ for what He has done and what He's done for us. He cleanseth us. That's an ongoing process. I am cleansed from my sin. I am cleansed right now and I will be cleansed by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for me. That takes a lot of pressure off, folks. When I'm ready, you know I'm as righteous in the Lord Jesus as I'm ever going to be. Y'all know that, don't you? We got this idea somehow in our Baptist churches that if I'll do X, Y, and Z, and I'll do a checklist, and I'll be more self-righteous in the flesh than somebody else is, then I have more favor with God. And that is not the way it is. My favor in God comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I rest in Him today. And I can have joy when it becomes less about me and my physical perfection and more about what He's done and He's covered me. I can rest in Amen. Amen. Y'all may not struggle with that. But there's a lot of people who struggle having to perform and be better than somebody else. And they put a whole bunch, y'all know I could call them out. If I, and I might, but I may not. I try not to. But I could call out all the foolish little things that people tell us we've got to be doing to be pleasing to God. And it ain't true. It's just not. There's black and there's white right here. But my opinion on the gray areas that's, that ain't got nothing to do with it. Amen? I'm resting in the blood of Jesus today. And I have joy in that. I find peace in that. I find contentment in that. And if we're not careful, we'll become like the Pharisees, who were the most hateful, harmful people the world has ever seen. Amen. And there ain't no joy in that way.
Verse 8, you've got to be honest with yourself. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now remember, back up. That darkness and sin will separate you from the Lord Jesus Christ. It will separate your fellowship. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I've met a couple of knuckleheads over the years that didn't think they sinned. I have. I've met some of them that think they were above that. You probably did, but they didn't sin. You could avoid it. You could not do it. That's not what the 8th verse says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And let me tell you two things here that I see with that. The first thing I see in that verse is that until you admit you're capable of it, you're going to constantly be a victim of it. Amen. If I'm walking around saying I'm not going to do that, then I am very, very likely to do it. What Paul, that's what Scripture says. Paul said, let him that thinketh he fall, that, that thinketh he standeth, take heed. Lest he fall. The man that says I won't do it is the man that very likely will do it because he's blind. He's walking, not, we're told to walk circumspectly. But this person saying I am bigger than that, I'm greater than that, I'm stronger than that, I'm better than that, I won't do it, is blindly running toward a snare and a temptation of the devil. Amen. Amen. That's the first thing I see. If you will not admit that you are capable of every single thing and every single sin known to man, you're sure not going to take it serious enough and try to avoid it at all costs. Amen. And your flesh is. Your flesh, Steve Lee Croix, can do any sin in that book. Mine can do any sin in that book. And I better be careful and try my best to keep the flesh under subjection, to see the temptations of it, to see the snares of Satan, and watch and be careful to avoid those things in my life. Amen. Amen. Let's be honest about it. Hey, let's be honest that I can do that. And that ain't no excuse for doing it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that's to be careful. I was reading and thinking about Adam in the garden. You remember that, don't you? Where they had taken of the fruit of the tree. And the Lord God came down in the morning. And God said to the man, what have thou done? He said, no, God, that woman that you gave to me, she gave me of that, and I did eat. Now, now, Lord, it really wasn't my fault. The woman did. And if you just get right down to it, God, you gave her to me. So maybe it's kind of your fault. He was a Calvinist, is what he was. It's your fault, Lord. It's your fault. Your fault for doing it. You see, excuse says, I was just flesh. It wasn't my fault. Set you up for failure. You reckon, and there's no scripture for this, but you reckon he thought I'll blame her before he ever done it. I blame the old flesh. Oh, I'm just human. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, no. You, because of your own flesh, your own desires, you did it. Second thing that can make you do is it can make you not deal with your sin. There is, the scripture says that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but in the ways thereof are the ways of death. There are people, and, and, I, and I won't say I'm not guilty of this too, but I'm right. And I, I'm right. Just ask me if you want me to take that. Some people take that in their spiritual lives. That because I did it, and I find every possible little loophole, 
and rabbit trail to justify what I've done. Amen. I have no sin. We deceive ourselves. And there's that sin that, we're, that we've done or that we might do because we've not watched or because we found a way to justify it some way or another. And you know what that does, don't you? That leads to unconfessed sin. Not only have you got to be honest with yourself about what you are and what you've done, but the ninth verse says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You've got to be honest with Christ. Brother Bo said it this morning. He knows it anyways. I mean, my goodness, I've done it. Why in the world? And we all do it, don't we? Why in the world do we try to hide our faults and our sins from the Lord Jesus, an all-knowing, all-seeing God, who already knows what we've done anyways? And that, folks, will steal your joy. There's nothing stolen the joy of more Christians than unconfessed sin hidden sin in their lives. You, and I've mentioned it again this week. You read the 51st and I think it's the 32nd Psalms. Both of those Psalms are written by David after he'd sinned with Bathsheba. He did that about a year. And he tells how the Lord had just taken his joy away from him, how he broke his bones, how his hand was heavy on him night and day. And finally he gets tired of that. And you all know the great scripture, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He lost his joy because of the unconfessed sin in his life with God knowing what he had done the whole time, he lost it. Would fuse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and restore back to us the joy that we've lost. Amen. Amen. Never cast one of us away. And I have disagreement with people over this. And I know there's consequences to sin. And I'm not saying there's not. There is the chastening of God that comes on us. Sure. But we are restored back to full fellowship Amen. just like we've never left. Amen. Amen. You can think about that if you want to. That prodigal son come home out of the pig pen, didn't he? Yeah. And the daddy put shoes on his feet and a ring on his finger and put a robe on him. And when you looked at him and the other boy, you couldn't have told the difference. Amen. Let me finally finish with this. You've got to have an eternal perspective to have true joy. Sure. Joy does not depend on the moment. Joy is not situational. The Apostle Paul wrote to him in the book of 2 Corinthians, For our light afflictions, which are for a moment, worketh for us a far more and exceeding eternal way to glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. But the things which are unseen are eternal. Amen. Amen. This life is temporary. The heartaches, the problems of life, the sufferings of life, they are just for a little while. But with an eternal perspective, we see that our joy does not depend on this world and this life. But our joy is based upon what He's going to do for us and what we are. Hey, is your joy full this morning? Are you living a life that's full of joy? Or has your walk with Christ become a joyless, painful existence? That ain't the way it's supposed to be. And it doesn't have to be that way this morning. He said these things are right unto you, that your joy might be full. It's possible to have full joy as a child of God. Let's stand together. Come on, brother, one gets the song. Have you lost it? You can have it back. Lord will restore you and give you back the joy that you once had. 571. Five seventy one.